and welcome, my fellow ghouls, to The Night Shift, a horror review show celebrating and critiquing terrors both old and new, while featuring the opinions of me, your host and horror cheerleader, Kyle Stuke, along with my pool of guests, a blend of gorehounds, snobs, newcomers, and scaredy cats alike. Tonight, slash this afternoon, because that's when we're recording it, I am joined by my buddy, Abby Smith. Abby, how are you? Kyle, hi. I'm good. I'm, uh, uh, on a scale of one to ten, how good are you? I'm a ten. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. What? Tell me how? this, Abby. What is the scariest thing that has happened to you today? <gasps> oh, um, it's been a really mild day. Uh, I know that's what's going to make this interesting. Uh, in the in the in the, uh, amidst the mildness, what was the spookiest? I've thing? got it. Oh heck! Okay. This morning, um, I was I was lying in bed, and my cat oh, jumped up <gasps> and grabbed my toes <laughs> with her little hands. Oh, it was very her spooky. little paws. <laughs> that's cute. Uh, scary, but cute. Um, yes. And, your, yeah, your cat has has uh, a disposition towards um, terrifying acts. Uh, we've talked about before. I don't think we've <laughs> mentioned it on the show, but once um, I was spending the night at your house, uh, and uh, yeah, audience B, uh, Abby's cat jumped, leapt, swan dived from the the counter right onto my balls as I slept, and it was very unfortunate. <laughs> It was a very unfortunate thing to wake up from and painful. And Abby had given me a spray bottle because <laughs> she was like, hey, if She's she bothers you, feel free to use this. And I, I unleashed a wave of spray because I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, get away from me. She, she's not a small cat. No, she's no. she's not Garfield-esque, but she's like also not not Garfield-esque. <laughs> Just dense. <laughs> She's big boned. Yeah. Um, those <laughs> bones landed on my no-no zone. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I'm glad that all she did was grab your toes, but um, that that would be scary while while in bed. So thank you for taking me on that mm. journey. Um, mm. Speaking on uh, speaking of journeys, before I have you, Abby, tell the audience what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I just wanted to throw in, sneak it in, a little quick recommendation. Um, I started watching uh, this film, a documentary on Shudder called Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror. And it is delicious. Um, It is very good. So I think if you're a horror fan, uh, you're really going to like it. But again, a big part of the show is wanting to kind of... Uh, be friendly and extend an olive branch to people who may not necessarily, you know, be as informed or as interested. And I think this is a great way to kind of get the knowledge and some of the aesthetics without having to necessarily watch a ton of films and either be scared or be grossed at or whatever, because you can kind of jump into this documentary and get a pretty decent education on, again, the history of folklore and, uh, both literary wise, but then also how it extends and bleeds into horror films and 
you know, there they do include, you know, some clips from the films. And I don't really remember if any of them are graphic because I'm desensitized. And so I'm just like, my brain is not like, ah, blood, you know, so be warned there. But it's really interesting. And Abby, again, as a fan of horror, I think you would really like it from that perspective because I've added a ton of movies to my watch list because there's just so many interesting things that I've never heard of. There were so many clips where I would go, whoa what's that? And then I would write the film down because it looked so cool. Um, so anyway, uh, that's, that's a little really recommendation. Um, I've actually heard of this one before. And at the time I like, it's like, Oh, that sounds interesting. But your recommendation, I take highly. So I will go check it out. Yeah. It's a great, Excited you know, about it. it's fun to just like watch, but then also you could have it on in the background too, while you're walking around and doing stuff, because as much as I do like seeing the clips, um, you know, it's interviews and voiceovers basically. So you can kind of treat it like an audiobook or a podcast. And so, um, I've, I've learned a lot, uh, and I haven't even finished it yet. It is like three and a half, three, it's like over three hours. I'm only like an hour 45 in <laughs> and I already feel like I've learned a lot. So that I'm excited to, to keep going into it, but awesome. Yeah. Once you watch it, let me know what you think. Um, and again, it is on Shudder and maybe it's other places, but that's where I watched it. Anywho, mm. Abby, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Scream again, but the fifth one. Okay, I was going to say, Scream. you say the number because the, as we've discussed, it annoys me that it's just called Scream. I hate it. <laughs> it's just called Scream, though. <laughs> Parentheses 2022. Ah, uh, yeah. That makes me <laughs> angry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. It's okay. It's not your fault, Abby. That's right. Yeah, this anger isn't at you. Um, Can you give us the quick little log line for what Scream 5 is about? It's not too different from what the other films are, but go ahead and give us a little little taste. Yeah. So if you've seen Scream or Scream 1 or 2 or 3 or Or 4... Or you've listened to the previous episode where you and I talked about all of those movies. Scream 5 is kind of the same thing. You've got a ghost-faced killer who is, you know, masked stabber running around stabbing people in this small little town. And there are people dying here and there. And (laughs) who is it? That's the mystery. (laughs) I really would love to create a petition to replace the uh, typical horror trailer voice where it's like, in a town. And I would just love if we replaced that guy with you. And it's like, scream Just five. rambling about. Yeah. And, and you just come on and you're like, there's a guy. He's running around. He's stabbing people. People are dying. Ghost face. Scream five. <laughs> I'm much more sold on that film than the other it's way around. A, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to pretend it's a complex plot line. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. And I think the audience would trust you more. They'd be like, you know what? Abby's giving it to us straight. You know, we're going to really trust her <laughs> recommendations. Like, and that should be how it pops out. It's like, hey, everyone, it's another scream. Let's not pretend that this is complex. <laughs> There's dudes running around stabbing people. Some people are dying. Scream five. Rated R. Go see it. Or don't. I don't care. Can I say something really quick? Of course. Not to completely derail us. Um, also, are you are you still with me? I am. I am oh, still okay, alive. Go. And then also I'm still on the call. 
<laughs> Thank you. You froze and then... You froze too, anyway, so good question. Um, not to totally derail us, but right before we got on this call, I did a quick little IMDb refresher on the movie. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I saw it a couple weeks ago and it's a be on the mind. And I learned, you know, how in the Scream movies there is the Stab franchise. Yes. The, the movies about Scream in Scream. And right before we started recording, I found that there are Stab movies. Like, people made the Stab movies. Oh. And you can like watch them on full YouTube. Movies? Like, full-length movies. Wow. And I had a... A moment of real confusion because they're like on IMDb as like movie options. And I'm like, is this just like a joke? Like as part of the profile? Yeah. It says that they're related to the Scream movies. And I got really confused and I need to do more research on it. But um, I watched the first like minute of one on YouTube. So it's real bad. Like (laughs) really, really not a high quality film. But... They're there. <laughs> but, so, audience, what Appy's saying is, if you want to watch shittier versions of everything we've talked about, they're, they're, <laughs> you can. You can do that. You sure uh, can do that. <laughs> so it's not because, like, obviously we see glimpses of the, the Stab films within the Scream films, so it's not that. It's just, like, homemade versions. Like, oh, okay. Well, It's not clear. Not clear. Okay. Um, because yeah. in Scream 2, we see a big section of Stab 1 because um, it has that uh, that famous actress playing the part of Drew Barrymore's character. But so I assume mm-hmm. that they, you know, that it's not because that's like professionally shot and stuff. So if this stuff's looking shitty, then it's probably, um, you know, just like legit fans, like recreating the whole movies and stuff, which is cool. Um, but I would assume so as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to look look that up. But it is a, a little fun bit of trivia. So thank you for putting that on my horizon, friend. You're welcome. <laughs> um, well, before we get to the review, let's set the mood, Abby, shall we? We'll be right back on the night shift. I forgot to scream last time, so I had to make sure that I did it this time. People were upset. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Should have right. known people would have to say about that. I know. The internet is is picky. Um, so, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Abby. Before we get uh, further into the review, just going to give you guys a little bit of background like I normally do. Uh, so, yes, we're talking about Scream 5. I refuse to refer to it as Scream. Um this film is the first of the Scream films to not be directed by Wes Craven, as we talked about previously. Uh, he sadly passed away from cancer, and so this is the first one without him at the helm. We actually have two directors this time. Uh, I'm going to butcher their names, but we have Matt Bettinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillett, I think. Um, and then it was written oh, by right. James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. So I don't know much about any of these people except that the directors, they directed 
um, Ready or Not, which was a film that I mildly enjoyed. I think the trailer is a lot more fun than the actual movie, but the the movie is fine, too. Did you ever see that one, Abby? I did not. Um, okay. I guess we talked yeah. about it last time. I suggest I brought it up, and then you, you hadn't seen mm-hmm. it, so... You, someone didn't do their homework. Um, minus five. Yeah, points. it was not a priority for this <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> I love how little of a shit you gave right there. You're just like, yeah, I, I, did, I didn't care. <laughs> uh, and that's totally fine. It's very valid. Um, and then James Vanderbilt, I believe, wrote um, Zodiac and then a bunch of other movies oh. that I don't like. I like Zodiac, uh, but. He wrote a bunch of films like the Amazing Spider-Man movies um, and Independence Day, Resurgence, and just a bunch of stuff in my mind. Um, and then I think Guy Busick wrote Ready or Not? Um, not sure. Anyway, hmm. all to say, new team at the Held. Uh, just due to some research, I'm told that they're all very passionate about Scream uh, they're big fans of the franchise, and so they really wanted to do another one. And then some other uh, just small things that I thought was fun about this film is, A, uh, the poster has a great tagline where it has all the cast on it, and then the poster just says, the killer is on this poster, which I really loved. I thought that was a fun, very Scream-esque thing. Because, again, that's the whole point of the film mm-hmm. is finding out who did it. Um, so I thought that was some good marketing. Um, Roger L. Jackson is the voice of Ghostface. And so last episode, if you remember, Abby and me did not know his name off the top of our heads. And so I made sure to look it up and write it down uh, right here uh, because I wanted to pay tribute uh, to to the man, to the legend. And he is back. Mm -hmm. Two last things. Uh, Something that I thought was very fun, uh, a behind the scenes thing, was that the cast... Um, and I think the directors, maybe the writers as well, but definitely the cast, uh, all played, A, they stayed together um, while filming this, and they p- would play Secret Hitler every night. Um, and if you don't know, um, audience, Secret Hitler is a game, a board game, where you basically, it's very similar to other games of a similar nature, like Mafia, or um, uh, what's that game you introduced me to, Abby? Um the sci-fi oh, was version, it like kinda. resistance? Yes, resistance. Um, and then I think there's yeah. like Age of Avalon or something. I don't know, but basically, uh-huh. uh, it's a game where you're trying to find an imposter, and um, you know, uh, people are depending on the game being picked off or killed or that sort of thing. And so I thought that was a fun behind the scenes thing is having all the cast who, for a large majority of the film, did not know who the killer was all having to Hmm. basically do this ritual of uh, doing what the film is, which is trying to figure out who the killer is and then getting killed off and stuff. I thought that was a fun little bonding thing. That's super fun. It's also funny to me, the idea of the cast staying together, because if like that were to happen in a Scream movie, like they absolutely would like start dying. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it could get even more meta. Um, it's like you right. have a meta franchise, <laughs> and then then the people are actually being killed, which is kind of what Scream Three was. But um, right, I'm glad they the all la- made it. Yes. Um, yeah. And the last thing I wanted to say was a correction. 
um, to uh, the previous episode about the Scream films. I am not a scholar, so I am, you know, I do my best to give accurate information, uh, but I am just a man. And so sometimes Papa makes mistakes, and I am fine with that uh, because I am, am happy to, to have corrections and, and to do better. And so this correction comes from myself. Um, so, but all that to say, if there's stuff that I say in here and you guys go, hey, that's not correct. Feel free to send me a note, and we will uh, make sure to, to correct it on a further episode. So, I yeah. talked about how um, it was basically Drew Barrymore who was the reason for getting Wes Craven to come and direct Scream. Uh, he had made it known that he was done with horror, didn't really want to do stuff anymore, was kind of tired of killing women. Uh, his words, he was like, I just feel bad that I'm just making films where terrible things happen to women. And so mm. he was unconvinced, even though he thought the script was good and Drew Barrymore attached was a big sell. That was not what brought him fully back. And so here's the correction. And it's actually much more interesting and fun is a small 12 year old, uh, a fan of Wes Craven's work came up to him, I think like a convention or something, and basically said, and here's the quote, you should do a real goddamn movie again because the movies you've been doing lately have been getting softer and softer. <laughs> so basically, this <laughs> little amazing. kid trolled Wes Craven and was like, listen, man, you used to make cool shit and now you're making dumb shit and you need to do a real horror movie again. And I guess that really stuck with Wes Craven. He was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to fight my roots. Maybe I don't need to fight like the genre that made me famous. Maybe it's like, it's okay to, to do this again. And he wanted to impress this little 12 year old. And so he went hard. Uh, <laughs> so. Wow. Yes. We have a 12 year old uh, to thank for such a fantastic franchise. Yes. I wish we could get that 12 year old's name uh, and uh, we could celebrate him uh, because I appreciate again. Yeah. I really like the scream franchise for the most part. So um, mm -hmm. anywho, Friends, let's 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 toy with this this behind the scenes nonsense and let's guess what each other is gonna give Scream Five. Abby, what do you think I am going to give Scream Five? Oh, I don't know. Um, I have actually been really curious about what you thought of it. Like, I just don't know. I'm gonna guess that you gave it a B plus. Okay, and I'm going to guess that you give it a B minus, and we will see right. where the blade falls. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, so let's start off with uh, positives. Abby, my friend, my spooky buddy, um, what did you like about Scream 5? Um, so screen five was super fun to me. I really enjoyed a lot about it. Um, right off the bat, the first thing that stuck out to me was the gore was just like next level, especially compared to, um, some of the other screen movies mm -hmm. they did. a. it was just like first scene got a nice through the hand kind of situation. And we got yeah. to do the whole thing. It was like, whoa. But without being like tasteless, it wasn't yeah wasn't crazy over the top. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that was fun and exciting. Uh, let's see. I loved that they really stuck with the classic meta formula um, that 
most of the Scream movies have, where they establish rules based on what kind of movie they're in and try to figure out who the killer is and how to survive based on those rules, uh, which is just meta and funny. Um, along that same line, I thought that the film overall was a lot funnier than especially Scream 4. Oh, um, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I I did go into the film with really low expectations because of Scream 4. I was like, this is going to be... They're going to take it too seriously and it's just going to be a, a slasher film and it's going to be boring and dumb. And it was not that... It was a slasher film, but they really went back to their roots. And let's see, what else did I like? Oh, that's all that I that I have off the top of my head. It's all pretty, pretty basic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just found that very funny. What else did I like? Pause. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I did. I did like a lot about the movie. I liked that they brought in the original cast, and that fit in with um, the the cast of the movie decided that they they had to like decide what kind of horror movie they were in basically to dis- establish the rules because previously it's like oh we're in a horror movie oh we're in a sequel we're in a trilogy like that kind of thing and so part of this film is like they're in a requel which that was funny to me just because that's not really a term that I've heard before and so they kind mm-hmm. of had to explain what that meant and it involves bringing in the original cast, which I was really like, I was glad they did that. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people, I think, and and this may not be correct, but I think this film introduces the term requel because I've heard a lot of uh, Mm. reviews where people go, I've never heard this term before, but I love it. It is perfect describing what uh, these types of films are. Cause as we discussed on the last episode, there have been a lot of these types of movies like Halloween, um, like Candyman, um, and mm-hmm. again, this, this Scream film where basically they, uh, A, make their title the name of the original film, and then B, it is kind of a soft reboot because they are sometimes choosing to ignore things that happened in other movies. Uh, they're introducing a new mm-hmm. cast, but at the same time, they bring back the main cast who they call legacy characters, um, and so it's, I, I thought that, that all of that was, um, was interesting, uh, cause again, it does show a, an awareness of, uh, just filmmaking and, and horror films and kind of what's been, uh, happening the, the past couple years with these, these, these requels where they're not full sequels, but they're, cause they're kind of embracing the, um, you know, uh, the the roots as you said but then they're also trying to introduce new characters and do new stuff uh star wars a new hope is a great example which they even mention in the film mm. to where you know it's kind oh, yeah. of basically a new hope um but and then you have characters like harrison ford and princess leia and luke skywalker but they're not the focus and then you're introducing new characters but then at the same time the plot very closely mimics the original New Hope, where it's a bunch of ragtap group, one's trying to become a Jedi, one's kind of the chatty gunslinger person, and then they have to blow up a big base that kills a planet. So, um, yeah, I think that is a clear like, explanation of a, what a requel is. Right. I think it's 
uh, I haven't really thought about it much, but within the context of them going into kind of explaining it in Scream 5, it's kind of genius, the idea of a requel of remaking this movie, but including the characters that you love so you already have an emotional connection with the movie and like you already like it and you're excited to see these characters even though they're not actually adding anything to the plot they're just kind of there um it's just funny yeah yeah that's it no more review over that's it okay what do you think kyle no not not getting out that easy (laughs) oh i like this accent um So something I liked, and uh, feel free to, I have a long list here, um, so Mm. feel free to hop in on any one of these if you want to add something. Um, But this film has lots of nice details. Um, Having uh, watched Scream 1 through 4 in in close proximity, as we discussed, to then watch Scream 5 the next week, um, I picked up on a lot of stuff that I feel like I wouldn't have noticed otherwise uh and and some of this too i i looked up after the fact so not all of this was noticed by me being an eagle eye but um Hmm. yeah this film i think it is obvious that the people who made it love scream and have a um uh basically uh a history with it They, they they know they know the history of the franchise they know certain details and so i'm gonna go through a quick couple of examples that i think uh again, endeared me to the film a little bit. So one is that something that people have talked about a lot that they've criticized about the Scream movies is that Dewey never really talks about his sister. Uh, And in Scream 1, his sister's murdered. And there's never really a moment where he is like sad about it. In his defense, he gets stabbed afterwards. And so he never discovers his sister's body in the film. And then we go to Scream 2. So there's never like a you know, uh, an actor's moment where he gets to mourn her, but he also never really talks about her that much. So this film, Hmm. a nice detail was they put her ashes in his trailer um, behind him, like on the fridge to show that he still, or I guess the mantle uh, is what it says. Uh, But he, so he still thinks about her and kind of honors her in that way. I thought that was a nice detail because I did wonder about that. I was like, your sister died, bro. Like, how do you, do do you, do you care? Question mark. Um, and so I thought that was a sweet detail. Richie, who is played by Jack Quaid. He, uh, what's funny in this film is that he doesn't know anything about the stab movies. And so he basically is watching them throughout the film, like on YouTube or whatever, trying to get affiliated. And so, um, while he's watching a YouTube video about stab eight, one of the thumbnail recommendations beside it is an interview with uh, a survivor from Scream 4, which is Kirby, um, played by Hayden Patentieri, uh, who is the, uh, again, <laughs> cheerleader from uh, Heroes. And that was fun because everyone thought she was the best thing of Scream 4. You and me included, Abby. Mm. We really liked her. Oh, yeah. And her, her fate was unclear. And so it was nice to have it confirmed in Scream 5 that she is alive and hopefully we'll see her in Scream 6 uh, because I would like to see her mm. again. Yeah. That's super fun. I don't think I noticed either of those things. Um, I didn't either. Yeah. These these two were were after the fact. So again, uh this this oh, wasn't okay. an eagle-eyed Kyle. This was this was after this was research after the fact. Um something that is super obvious, but 
um, still is worth mentioning is that there's a character in this film named Wes, uh, and he was obviously named mm-hmm. after Wes Craven, and so that was a nice uh, honoring thing, uh, I thought, to, to do that, because a lot of characters in the films are are named after horror icons. So the, the main characters in this film, are their last name is Carpenter. Uh, there's a lot of that, and so it was fun to kind of, it's like, it's, a, it's unfortunate that Wes Craven passed away, but he's now kind of joined the legacy of some of these other directors within the scream mm. filmmaking to be a character in the film, which I thought was fun. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I appreciated the credit scenes, which were done in the classic uh, scream nineties style with the terrible text and the, the awkward vignettes of people's faces uh, popping up. I thought that was super fun. And I went, Oh, good job. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen the previous Scream, like if there was teenagers who just went to see this because it's called Scream and it looks like a horror movie, I wonder like how confused they were when that happened, where they're like, ew, gross, that these credits are terrible. <laughs> but I appreciate <laughs> that is, it. That is really funny. Uh, when I went to go see the movie, I brought someone with me who had not seen any of the Scream movies before. So it was really funny and really fun getting their perspective on it. And they loved it. They really enjoyed the whole movie, which I thought was a little bit surprising, but yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily anticipate that, that but that's cool. I'm, I'm glad that they had mm-hmm. a good time. Uh, Cause as I always tell people, I never want people to not have a good time. So I'm glad that they enjoyed oh, yeah. the film. Um, yeah. Also on that note, I don't know about you, Abby, but I'm a big like punk rock fan and so i loved the oh, yeah. song i thought it slapped i uh i i shazammed <laughs> that 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 song immediately i was like i love this song. amazing <laughs> um and that song it's everyone in case details. you're interested is fall out of love by salem featuring charlie hansen not hansen wow. but hansen um Hansen-er. so go give it a listen because again if you like that style if you don't you'll roll your eyes but i'm into that type of music it just takes me back to middle school and so i i really i really enjoyed it i only have two last little details then i want to hear more positives from you abby um a lot of people make voice cameos in this film i'm not going to list all of them but obviously the main one that i thought was awesome is drew barrymore who again is from the first scream she makes a voice cameo in this, and she plays the the principal um, on the the VO system. And so she actually is like making a, a school announcement, and then it pans to uh, the main characters um, sitting on the bench. So I thought that was cool. It's like passing the torch a little bit. That's fun. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then the last thing that is cool is. Um, a very famous uh, YouTube channel, which I'm not sure if you watched Abby, but um, a YouTube channel, a YouTube channel that I really like watching is called uh, Dead Meat, and they have a specific series called Kill Count, where they basically count all the kills in horror movies, and while doing so, they give behind the scenes about the the film and sort of stuff. Um, and they <laughs> play the angry YouTubers in this film, so they have a brief cameo, basically as themselves, and they're just complaining about. Um, the the latest stab movie, and I thought that was perfect because I do watch them, and that's so I funny. instantly recognized them, and I was like, "Oh, that's so fun!" Like they went from being, you know, a small YouTube channel to where they're like in the movie and interviewing the stars and stuff, mm. and I thought that was super fun. Um, 
So yeah, all that to say that just this film has a lot of attention to detail within Scream. There is a lot of love evident. Um, and again, some stuff I noticed, some stuff I didn't, but I, I thought it was cool. Like as a package, you're getting a lot of Scream fanfare and uh, it is appreciated because sometimes people make horror movies or they take on these franchises and you can tell they don't give a shit. And they're just like, oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> again, like some of the people who've written Scream movies, they're like, I have no, I don't know what Scream is. <laughs> um, so what is a Scream? I like that. Yeah. What is a Scream? Yeah. Uh, any other things that you want to talk about, Abby, that you liked? Oh, goodness. I don't think I have anything specific to add on top of what I've already said and what you went over. You had so many good things. Okay. Well, let me give you some more good things. And again, feel free to chime in oh, whenever yeah. you want. Um, I thought David Arquette as Dewey Riley was amazing. I love Dewey. Dewey is just like one of the best horror movie characters of all time, in my opinion. Like he's a classic. And so I don't have any context for David Arquette outside of the Scream franchise. So I don't know what other movies he's been in. I know he he's a wrestler and so he has a history there, but I love David Arquette. He's so good. And in this film, I just like he he gets some really great moments. Um, and there's <laughs> there's one line that cracks me up where basically a character insults him, not in like a mean way, but basically just describes his life, which is which is less than ideal. Uh, he's living in a trailer. Uh, him and uh, his wife are divorced. And someone basically mentions they list all that stuff. And they're like, well, maybe you're the killer because your life kind of sucked. And he goes, well, maybe you're the killer because that cut deep. And then he like turns away <laughs> and looks sad. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. Um, and he had some great moments. Um, and I just thought, what a great performance. Um, again, from David Arquette. I just felt like he stepped right back into the character oh, yeah. after 11 years, um, which is not always easy to do. Um, I also was impressed by two newcomers. Again, this cast is made up of new folks uh, for the for the most part. Again, there's some of the legacy characters as we discussed, but it's mainly new teenagers and or uh, young college students. I wasn't quite sure the ages of some people. But anyway, hmm. uh, Jenna Ortega um, as Tara Carpenter. Mm. Um, I thought she was awesome. She, I am not familiar with her from anything else, but was very impressed by her performance and um, she just did a lot of stuff and one of the main things is like making pain sounds she has a lot of moments where she is experiencing pain and I thought she did a great job of actually presenting a realistic like version of that where you feel so bad for her oh yeah <laughs> she had it rough um, I thought she did a great job as well. I've seen her in small roles in a few different things, but um, as like the lead cast member, essentially, I thought she did an awesome job and I'm really excited to see her in, in the more movies. Yeah, agreed. I'm like, ooh, like if, yeah, I'll kind of be following her career because she just really had that that wow factor. I just was like, and again, mm -hmm. I think that's impressive because from the trailer, I was like, whatever. <laughs> I was like, I don't know who this person <laughs> is. Like, you, you, you ain't no Sydney. Um, and then watching this film, I was like, oh wow, her performance won me over. So, uh, props to you, oh, uh, yeah. Jenna Ortega. Um, and then the other person I want to give props to is Jack Quaid, um, who who plays Richie, who plays the main uh, protagonist's uh, boyfriend. And 
I just thought, I mean, A, I really like Jack Quaid. Um, I think he's done a good job so far in his career. Again, son of um, Dennis Quaid and um, Meg Ryan. Uh, and so you can see both of them in his face, which is very strange. I'm like, oh, wow, people, <laughs> I see my childhood like combined in this man's face. And it's very strange. <laughs> um, but he's really funny in the film. There was a lot of moments where he... Uh, just made me laugh and you know he's he's basically playing the newcomer um of just someone who doesn't really know what's going on and he's not friends with any of the other characters because he's coming in from out of town and so um yeah i just thought he did a really good job of, of standing out and then finally to go off of what you said abby um this film has some cool kills. Uh, there's two that I want to highlight, and we'll talk about them more in the spoiler section. So don't worry, not going to get into too much detail. But one person gets a knife in the neck, and it is just like held there, and it's awesome. Like, it is so cool. It's like a practical effect, and you can tell because they are like, look at it. They're like, look at all this work we did. <laughs> and it's awesome. And again, it's that good scream type of kill where you feel bad for the person you're not like happy but at the same mm. time there's a bite to it to where it makes the movie matter it's like yeah we're gonna have fun we're gonna crack jokes but then also like fuck you this person's dead <laughs> and i appreciate right. that from the scream films without it being again like halloween where it's like let's revel in how gross and terrible this is and let's feel bad and don't you feel bad for liking horror movies this movie's like nah like <laughs> it's like it's we're gonna like have a good time we're gonna to be remind real. you yeah yeah it's like oh don't forget this is a horror movie too yeah by the way there's a it's giant a ghost man on our poster with a knife so he is gonna show up and and do some stuff <laughs> Um, there are going to be knives. Yes. <laughs> that should be on the poster instead of uh, the killers on the poster. It just says there will be knives. Um, there will be knives. And then there's another kill that's very quick, but it made me laugh because basically someone just gets poked with a knife in the neck real quick. And then the killer just kind of walks away oh, and watches this person that. like struggle as they start bleeding out. And I thought that that was... Because it's hard, and this is something I've thought about a lot. I'm like, wow, the Scream franchise is not like Friday the 13th, where their main killer consistently kills people in different and creative ways. That's all of what Friday the 13th mm. is. It's like Jason's going to kill someone while they're in their sleeping bag, bash them against a tree. He might chop someone in half. He might come from under the bed with an arrow. You know, those films are all about creativity, whereas Scream... Ghostface is known for using his knife and occasionally garage doors, which we won't talk about because it's annoying. But um, <laughs> he mainly yeah, only yeah. has his knife. And I'm impressed that the films have found ways to make the kills interesting without Ghostface like resorting to different types of weapons because it's always a knife and you think that's the most basic weapon ever. And the fact that they're still able to create tension and have stuff be gnarly um, is pretty right. cool. They do, they do a really good job of reminding you that, like, while we've seen the knife a hundred times now, just in the Scream franchise, knives are scary. Yeah. You don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to encounter that guy. You don't want to be on the opposite end of a knife. You heard it here, folks. No. Try to avoid that. Don't want it. <laughs> um, let's transition to negatives, Abby. Tell me what did not right. slap with this film. Okay. Um, 
So I'm going to be honest. I don't have a lot to complain about with this film. Um, but I was a little bit let down by, well, mm, I don't know if this is too spoilery. I'm going to say it. And if it's too spoilery, you can cut it out. I'll bleep um, it. <laughs> bleep it. But the intro, just like the opening scene, was really intense and like serious, like the opening scenes to a lot of the Scream movies are. And I loved that. But something very specific was different about the opening scene that I found to be disappointing, personally. Well, it added a lot to the film plot-wise, obviously. There was just something about it that was like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess that's fine. We're doing that different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think that that was just me going into the movie wanting it to be good and then like right off the bat being like ooh not sure about that obviously the film the film redeemed itself to me and i i generally enjoyed it from there on out um my only other complaint i think is like which would again be a spoiler so i'm not going to get into it too much but like the big reveal at the end of who the killers are i have complaints about that um Jeez, that's like all I have. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Jeez. Hey. I had a great time. All right, good. Yeah. It was it was not like the most uh, most interesting movie. Like it wasn't surprising me at every corner, but going in like being the fifth movie of a franchise, that's not what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for something like crazy new. I was looking for a scream movie and for it to be good and it was at least on par with all of the other scream movies yeah okay um yeah so surprise i did not like this movie um ah. i thought I, I think i did a pretty good job masking that i tried to not you come know, in too angry i had a feeling you didn't but I liked it so much that I was like, I don't know what he wouldn't like about it. <laughs> well, you're going to find <laughs> Let out. Let me have it. Um, so this film, in my mind, has lots of problems. There's lots of things I didn't like about it. So I'll do my best to be concise. To go off of what you're saying, Abby, um, I, too, was disappointed by the opening sequence. Um the the thing that you mentioned happening, I didn't mind that. I hmm. just was like, you guys had eleven goddamn years to figure out something clever to do for hmm. the opening, and you didn't do it. And it just again annoys me because I'm like, for being as quote unquote big of Scream fans that you are, you don't even like know how to like build upon the opening, like. You can't just have someone attack a girl. <laughs> I was like, we've seen that before. And that, I think, encompasses my problem with this film slash requills as a whole, which is I am tired of watching the same goddamn movie over and over again, but with new cast members uh, and then the old people who I love in the background. Like, it drives me nuts, and it annoys me that this film thinks it gets to get away with it 
because it's commenting on it. And I'm like, no, I, I can't take a woman out to dinner and then spit in her face, spill spaghetti on her and say, this date's so bad. Am I right? I suck. I'm not going to pay for your dinner. That's so douchey of me. And then expect her to want to go out with me again because I'm aware of how shitty I am. I don't. <laughs> that's how I feel about this movie. It's like, we're... <laughs> We got to do the same thing again, but like a little bit different. And there's a specific plot thing at the end that I won't spoil in terms of a location. But that annoyed me. We'll talk about it in the spoilers. But that that annoyed me, too, where I was like, oh, wow. Oh, man. Oh, whatever. Uh, I thought it was dumb. I didn't like it. Um, oh, that's so funny to me. I get I, it. I get it. And, and, you know, again, if it works for other people, that's totally fine. And again, I'm glad you liked the movie, uh, as we've already said on this episode. I don't want people yeah. to not enjoy this film. It just, for me, it just didn't really work. Um, uh, to continue with that, I just thought most of the new cast was pretty vanilla. Like, it was the basic thing where you just have a bunch of young, sexy people with no personalities. And so I was like... <laughs> If you're going to make me watch the same movie again, can you at least introduce new characters? But this film's like, eh, here's some new characters. One's basically Randy from Scream, but also not fully. And then everyone else is just kind of there. I don't really, they don't really have traits. They're just, just watch the movie. Leave me alone. I, I'm, I'm thinking that's how it felt. I was like, none of these people. None of these people are interesting. Like again, Scream has a did a great job of creating interesting characters. And so to me, I'm like, we have to evolve. And that's what I hate about the requel as an idea, as a concept, is it is a refusal to evolve. And not only that, it, it's a refusal based on a specific reason because it wants to cash in on existing fans, but it also wants to bring in new fans. And so it refuses to be too different because it wants, it doesn't want to get, it doesn't want to alienate the existing fandom, but it also wants to, it, it refuses to be a straight up sequel because it's like, Oh, no one will know what this is. So we have to bring in young, other young people. And so it tries to be its own standalone thing. And it just, I feel like for me, it just ends up pissing everyone off. Uh, again, I, I'm only speaking for myself, but I'm like, I wouldn't want to watch this movie as someone who's never seen any of the other ones. I would just watch it and go, this is a very basic horror movie. But then as a fan of the pre-existing Scream films, I'm like, I don't want to hang out with these people. I want to hang out with Sydney. I want to hang out with Gail. I want to hang out with Dewey. And you're not really letting me do that. Um, so, and on that note, I felt like, uh, Neve Campbell and Courtney Cox were like disrespected. That's how I felt at the end of the film. I felt like they were done dirty. I was like, these are our scream legends and they're barely in the movie. And again, it just gave me PTSD flashbacks of Halloween where I was like, you promised me that Laurie Strode was going to fight Michael Myers. And she's not until the very end. And, and even that was better than what we got here. Um, 
I thought how they brought them in was dumb, and I thought what they did was dumb. Again, I liked what happened with Dewey. We'll talk about Dewey in the spoiler section because I got you like that there too. Uh, I, I'm no, no, I'm saying <laughs> I didn't like. Uh, I liked. I liked. Which I may have to bleep that. We'll talk about it later. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk, talk about it, it later. <laughs> Just like while while Dewey was on screen, I really liked Dewey. Whereas with Sydney and Courtney, I feel like they didn't really contribute much, and were just no, they were part of annoying scenes. Well, like half the movie with Sydney being like, "No, no way, am I coming back there? I don't want to get killed." <laughs> and then I'm like, "Yep, yeah, smart." And then suddenly she's back, and I'm like, mm, "Doesn't check out, but okay, hi." <laughs> I mean, I think why she came back, which again we can talk about in the spoilers, made sense, but it's like. <laughs> But, but then she has this conversation with the new protagonist, which is played by mm-hmm. uh, Melissa Barrera. And it's a very annoying scene because basically it's that it's the, our protagonist being like, you don't understand how I feel. I have to get out. Like, go away. Uh. And then Cindy's like, no, I do understand how you feel. Like, I've been in four movies. Like, let's talk. And she's like, uh, no. Uh. And I just was like, this is so annoying to watch. Um, <laughs> and then I hate to do this. And and I had I had problems with multiple performances, but I, I don't like poo-pooing on, on performances, but I just have to say, I mm-hmm. I really think Melissa Barrera is very bland in this movie. I had the same problem with her in um, in The Heights, uh, the mm. Lin-Manuel musical, and I don't think it's her fault necessarily, because both of those roles are not written to be super interesting. So all that to say, I have hope for Melissa. Like, I'm very open to Melissa. If she shows up again, I'm not going to, I'm not against her. I am for her. I am cheerleading her. But I found Mm -hmm. her so boring in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) My comment on that is she was the main girl, right? Yes. Yes, correct. Yeah. My comment on that is like, during the movie, I had no problem with her. Like, so I thought she did fine. Um, she filled that role perfectly fine. Um, up until about five minutes ago, I forgot she existed. Yeah. <laughs> like, as we're talking about this movie, I remember remembering her sister, her boyfriend, everyone else. But, like, for whatever reason, that was just, like, a hole. And then you started talking about it. I was like, who? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Main girl. <laughs> yes. We should not yeah. forget who our protagonist is. I did. Um, I did. And then I especially, forgot. again, putting her side by side with her sister, Jenna Ortega, when they were in scenes together, I was like, ooh, this is not balanced. Can I hang out with her? Can I be with the sister? <laughs> I don't want to hang out much. with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and she's, she is given an interesting backstory. Again, we'll discuss in the spoilers, but they mm-hmm. don't use it. It's not interesting in how it's really written and how she performs it. Um, it feels a little forced. Yes. It yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, I and I think I think how this this film ends is pretty like wah, wah, and the, it tries to bring up and this might be a spoiler. So, I'm not going to mention it, but basically these films are have all they're all meta. They're all making comments on horror films and the horror genre. This film, besides the the requel nature of it, it chooses something else too specifically to talk about. Um, and again, we will talk about that in the spoiler review. But um, 
that thing that it chose to talk about, I love in concept, and but I felt like it was so weak in how they executed it. I thought it was hmm. very similar to Scream 4, where Scream 4 is like, oh, we're filming the kills and we're, we're streaming it because <laughs> that's the future. It felt very similar here where it's like, here's a mm. concept, but we're barely going to talk about it. And it's not really that much actually part of the film. And um, it, uh, goodbye. We're done now. Listen to 90s music. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I have lots more to say. Uh, but again, it's very spoilery. But, yeah, this film just felt very lazy to me. I don't feel like it really as much as all those details that I discussed earlier, I loved it also simultaneously didn't feel very honoring to what had come before. It didn't feel mm. new. It didn't feel original. And I found myself annoyed throughout most uh, of the film. Again, with little pockets uh, of pleasure, which is the band name uh, that I would like to put dibs on. Pockets of pleasure. Um, I'll be playing the <laughs> triangle and uh, will only perform on Friday nights. Um, but. Uh, mm. let's get to, uh, or before we get to ratings, do you want to hop in on anything, Abby, or, um, are you good to um, transition? I mean, I don't really have much other than just to restate that, like, I totally see where you're coming from on all of those things. And I don't disagree with you, actually. Um, I think that the only reason that I didn't have a problem with those things, watching the movie, was I went in anticipating re-watching a Scream movie. Like, mm. I didn't expect them to do anything new. And they didn't really. And I was like, good job. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> you made the Scream movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, yeah. I'm glad it worked for you. Um, and uh, I'll be interested to, to hear what other people think about it. So if you've seen it, listener, mm -hmm. please hop in. Let us know what you thought. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like they're going to be making a scream six and I'm like, yeah, of course I'll watch I'm it. Excited. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited, <laughs> but I'm also excited and fearful because I'm excited in the same way that I was excited for, um, the last Jedi where I was like, okay, we got the, we got the redo bullshit out of the way. The sequel surely will be now original and do something different. And that hasn't I mean, happened for true. me with Halloween or Star Wars or any of these requel stuff. So I'm, I'm going to try to in the pursuit of hope <laughs> and not nihilism. But I'm also like, I, I'm tired of getting hurt by properties I love. <laughs> the thing is, though, I think it's just hilarious to go out and watch the sixth movie of a franchise. Just like that concept alone is like, yes. I watched five of these already, and I'm going back for more. <laughs> it's like, what are you? What are you gonna expect? I don't know. <laughs> Listen here, Abby. I don't <laughs> love. I don't love the Harry Potter movies, but oh, there they are a do, lot of those. They do different things each movie. Like each movie mm -hmm. has a different plot. You could you could argue that it's not in the sense of like Harry and his ragtag group of nerdy magicians you know go do nerdy magician shit it's like sure That's but true. also like um, and it is building up exactly like again yeah. like there's there's character arcs you know that are you know threaded throughout there's different there's reoccurring antagonists like that's an idea i would be really interested in which is like 
having like having a scream film not necessarily have to end in the typical showdown like what if the killer gets away like Hmm. we've never seen that before like or what if the killer you know does put their stuff on the internet how would that affect society like i don't know i just think that again i it's not like this film is a travesty or assault against cinema i'm like no it's totally not it's well made it's just I I just don't understand why we can't evolve. I don't understand why we won't do new different things. I'm just like, come on, y'all. Because like you said, to your point, Abby, you're right. It's Mm -hmm. like, we're watching the same thing over and over and over again. And we're all acting like it's fine. And it's not fine. I want something new. (laughs) Um, So You got to make it happen, Kyle. I'm trying, girl. It's on you. Okay. Do it. (laughs) All right. I got to go, guys. I'll support you. No, uh, you don't get to hear my <laughs> rating. Right. I gotta go, Abby. You you take you take the reins. <laughs> okay, spoilers. Um, here's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, what what did you what did you end up giving this film? Um, a minus. Oh damn, shouty. Okay, I was way yeah. off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I gave it a C minus. Um, yeah. Again, you really like, didn't like it. I didn't. I, I I tried to be fair. You know, I tried to point out things I liked about it. And again, it's not a it's not a train wreck, you did. but. I felt offended. (laughs) (laughs) This film offended me. That's allowed. (laughs) But it's definitely better than Scream 4, which remains a piece of shit in my mind. Um, It was bad. It was real bad. No bueno. So, audience, if you don't want to know spoilers about Scream 5, get your butt out of here. Go watch it and then come back. But now for everyone Mm. remaining, it's time to talk about who died and who lived. And who done it? Okay, so, all right, the biggest spoiler, and I hated this, was Dewey dying. I hated it. I hated it so much, Abby. But I'm before I go and I rant about how much I hated it. Tell me what you thought about it as someone who really liked the movie. <laughs> I hated it. it <laughs> Dewey was the really, I think the only member of the legacy cast who was actually playing a part, a role mm-hmm. in the movie and like helping move the plot forward. And it was so fun. Dewey is just the most lovable character. And you already talked about that. It's just great. Um, and then he died and it wasn't even at the end of the movie. It was like just it just happened in the middle and I there's a part of me that appreciated what was happening because I was I I think I like said out loud I was like no not Dewey yeah <laughs> and they definitely wanted that reaction out of me and they got it and I do appreciate having reactions to movies like I wasn't indifferent to what was happening Mm-hmm. Um, so I gotta give them that, but I was still like, no, I don't like it. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I and here's my thing. I'm not just coming from the place where I'm like, no, I like Dewey. You don't you don't get to kill him because I don't like that. I don't think mm-hmm. that that's a good reaction or a good criticism. It makes sense, but I don't think you can actually like say that it's objectively a bad idea because it's like... I mean, yeah, everyone's dying. Yeah. Um, and so... And that 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 will come into play where we talk about toxic fans here in a little bit. But I didn't like it 
because of how lame it was. And again, disrespectful. I, again, I do not want Dewey to die. I would gladly watch five more goddamn Scream movies where he is fine. Even if he gets stabbed in all of them. Because he basically gets stabbed in all of them. So I would, I would like happily suspend my disbelief and just watch Dave Arquette, David Arquette play Dewey until he's like 95 and he's still alive in all the Scream movies. At the same time, though, I don't mind them killing him off because as this film points out itself it's kind of hard to have stakes if just the main people just keep coming back and nothing ever happens to them and you're not worried about them Mm -hmm. and so i think it's a totally valid thought of the writers and filmmakers to go hey like to take this movie seriously we need to kill off a legacy character and again i'm like i don't like it because i like my legacy characters but at the same time i'm like i understand that that makes sense to me and so I think the problem I have is that I'm like, there is a film where you can kill Dewey and it would be satisfying and you would still get the emotional reaction. But I just felt like it was so poorly done where I'm like, Dewey has been through this four times, as he has previously said. And yet he, he's like, I got to get super close to the killer to get a headshot <laughs> to kill them. And I was like... Uh-huh. It felt cheap. Again, I'm like, I'm happy for him to die, but don't kill him in a dumbass <laughs> way that makes him look stupid. Um, and then especially yeah. even more unrealistic is, uh, again, there's two killers here. Um, and I'm pretty sure that the one that he shoots, who happens to be wearing uh, a bulletproof vest was the the woman of the of the group because it's uh, I forget her mm. name, but she's once upon a time in Hollywood. And then there's Jack Quaid. Um, I'm pretty sure Jack Quaid was elsewhere when this was happening. I think he was with the main girl. And so I, it must have right. been the uh, the woman. And you don't like you don't get back up from getting blasted like a bajillion times, even if you're wearing a vest, especially yeah, if you're a hurts. tiny 120 pounds woman. <laughs> Like she like is high school girl. Yeah. She is a small yeah. high school girl. And I'm like, yes, I believe that she can stab people. I have no problem with that. But she gets blown away into like a glass case. And then she is able to overpower Dewey uh, physically. And then like, it, again, he's fine. Yeah. Like he hasn't suffered any damage. She's the one who's been hurt. She's able to do that. And then double knife stabs him. And it just felt so like melodramatic and stupid. And then there's there's like a brief moment of mourning. And then the movie just doesn't give a shit anymore. Um, <laughs> and that's what I had a problem with. Again, I was like, I'm mm. like, <laughs> I know I said it and made you laugh. I'm happy for Dewey to die. But I just mean in like, yeah, I don't want to be a little crybaby who's like, no, you can't kill my characters. I'm like, but you need to make it matter you need to make it Mm. you know you need to make it be satisfying to where and i'm not saying he has to go out in a bang because you could do a drew barrymore thing where it's like you take this person who you really like and you they died tragically so close to salvation like you could have a really like i'm happy for the scene to make us feel sick where we're like Hmm. no like that's dewey i i don't mind that it's just it felt it just felt like the movie ignored that he is like an expert at this. And sometimes the film right. wants him to be where he's commenting on stuff and he is being smart, 
but then to kill him by having him go straight up to this corpse that we know is going to pop up and then just get stabbed and then he's dead and that's the end. I was just like, that's lame. That's my rant. I just um, hated it. <laughs> my, uh, uh, along, along those same lines, you're talking about like making the death matter and how people didn't really seem to care two scenes later that Dewey had died. Something before, like pretty much like right before Dewey died, I was noticing the pattern of like how in every Scream movie, you have Dewey and Gale and they start out kind of hating each other. And then like they start to get reconnected and then by the end of mm-hmm. the film, they're back together. And it's like just a fun little pattern that happens every time. And you see that starting to happen already. Like they're getting reconnected. Gail's back in town. You're like, oh, they're going to fall back in love. And then Dewey died and that made it even more sad. But that was never like they feel like they could have done something to redeem that in the end with Gail. I don't know what that would have been, but to like acknowledge the fact that that had happened. And mm. I mean, I think she was sad in the movie, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It didn't really seem like that big of a deal. Yeah. There, it just, it wasn't yeah. a proper send off. It just wasn't like, it, 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 yeah, I just like, there wasn't a funeral. And I know like in terms of like the, it all taking place, basically like one or a couple of days, there wasn't time for that. And that's fine. But like, we don't sure. even get to end with one. And then people would argue, well, yeah, the film ends the same way that the first scream does of panning out with the house and emergency people coming. And I'm like, I don't want to watch the same movie again. <laughs> like, <laughs> give me a funeral for Dewey, <laughs> you buttholes. Um, yeah. It upsets me. <laughs> Dewey. Dewey. R.I.P. He And what makes me sad about it, too, is that, like, the actor was sad. He was like, aw. And... The rest of the cast, too, were like, oh, like, do we have to do that? And so I don't know how contracts work or whatever, but it felt like reading about that, too. It made it seem like no one wanted this to happen except for the creators. Mm. And so that makes it feel a little icky, too, where it's like, I would like to not die, please. And they're like, no, you have to die, mm-hmm. even though Sorry, we're the new directors and writers and you've done this for four years and we haven't. And now you're dead. It's like that just kind of pisses me off. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, so moving forward to uh, another big spoiler, which is the, Mm -hmm. who the killers turn out to be again, turns out that Jack Quaid, uh, the protagonist's boyfriend who I mentioned really liking and finding charming, he is one of the killers. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, I forget the other woman's name again. She's, (laughs) and the reason I specifically point out that she's from once upon a time in Hollywood is because in this film she is thought to be dead classic scream moment and then pops Mm. up bloodied and shaking her body crazily only to then be lit on fire i was like is this in her contract because that's exactly what happened to her (laughs) once upon a time in hollywood and it was so funny that it was like almost the exact same thing i have not seen that so i i didn't know that callback that's Mm. really funny though Yeah. yeah it was it was it was very entertaining. Um, what did you think about them uh, being the killers, and I and specifically the whole toxic fan? This is kind of audience. Uh, if you hear mm. what I was mentioning, of uh, this film kind of plants its its feet and says this is why these two are the killers, is they are angry yeah. about the stab films no longer being good, and so they want to basically write create their own version that actually honors the original 
Um, right. And, so yeah. if they, yeah, if they do a good enough killing, then a new stab movie will be made inspired by that and it will actually be a good movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> I did not like either of them for the killers. Um, the boyfriend, like, I just like didn't believe the motivation, but also yeah. that was really on par with all of the other Scream movies. There was always at least one killer that I was like, mm, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> um, and that's how I felt about him. And then the girl who also was the younger sister's best friend in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole way through the movie, she is painted as like this weird, clingy, like overprotective friend who she's just like acting strange the whole time. Um, and then in the end, she's the killer. And you're like, oh, that's not surprising. She was kind yeah. of mean. Um, but I did not like that at all because the, uh, I thought that she was actually being a really good friend and was being painted in a poor light. Like, I think that the, the younger sister who is the girl who got stabbed in the beginning, she like legitimately didn't have anyone looking out for her. Her sister had left town. Her parents, I don't remember where they were, but they weren't around. Yeah. Um, and like this friend was always there for her, like made sure she had an extra inhaler at her house and like little things that were used as plot points ultimately to like lure them in so they could all get stabbed. But it just like, it felt really icky to me to paint this girl as like a psycho killer. And I'm like, no, she's the only person looking out for this person. <laughs> like she's actually being great. I don't know. Mm. Um. It was just this weird, uh, weird twist that I I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I I I agree on the Jack Quaid thing. It was just kind of like oh, like, and it wasn't like a surprise of like oh my gosh a good twist. It was just kind of like exactly right. what you said. Where I was like oh oh okay like if you're sure if that's what you want to do. <laughs> uh, and, it's, and it's not that he's bad. Uh, again, I thought he was really funny up till that point, but then just like it's more a story thing. Like everything he's saying, I just was kind of like, uh, all right. And they do the dumb thing where it's like, Oh, we met on a stab Reddit. And I'm like, you can't scream. You can't. And again, the old movies are guilty of this too. You can't just have all these psychos online, like hanging out and like meeting each other. Like, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure that happens, but I just, I, if, if that's the case, you need to, sh- you can only do it once and you also have to show me. <laughs> I want to see the text messages between them where it's like, Hey, you want to, you want to stab people? They're like, Oh, well, yeah. And it's like, but like for real, wait, are you serious? Yeah. Let's kill some people. <gasps> Yo, you're so bad. You want to meet up? It, it, oh, oh, you're going to stab. You know, I'm like, how does this happen? How do these two people fucking get together and start doing this <laughs> oh shit? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I found his his motivation and stuff dumb, and I felt like it robbed the film too. Because then when you rewatch it, it takes away the charm from from some some of those scenes mm. while he's watching the stab films on his like phone and looking confused and being like, yeah, you're right, these aren't very good. Like, 
that was a fun character. And now if I ever rewatch it, which I probably won't, I'd be like, eh, this scene sucks because I know it's not actually funny. Um, hmm. And then the the girl, she, I like her face. She has an interesting face. And so I would like to see her in more. I think she's a good actress. But she sure. also did the same thing that she did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where she kind of does that hippie like, whoa, man, this is what we got to do, man. Like, oh, it's the system, man. And I'm like, stop. You're being fucking weird. And it doesn't like and not in a good way. Like, I felt Uh like she was maybe trying to channel the original energy from Scream and be like the be like Billy's friend who's like really strange Mm -hmm. But it just didn't work because, again, she's not throughout the film enough, whereas he was, and he was always that way. He was always kind of weird and crazy. So then at the end, when it's revealed, he's just even more so, and it's a little bit more satisfying, whereas here, she's kind of just, like, monotone, and like you said, like, kind of that pissy but protective friend, but at the end, to be like, oh, yeah, man, like, oh, I was like, all right, well, I just hope that you get burned quickly because I am tired of (laughs) listening till you speak uh, <laughs> mm, yeah um the other thing being and this is the other location twist that i mentioned not liking they're like oh guess right. what it's the original house and i was like oh guess what i don't care like that doesn't add anything to me that doesn't mean anything yeah it's not like a really big reveal moment of like dun 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 this is the same living room it's like People are getting stabbed everywhere. You could go literally anywhere and be like, oh, and this is where it happened in Scream 2. And it's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not, (laughs) the location isn't used to any cool effect. Like, again, I think I would, in theory, still think it's lame that they use the original house. But if there was some sort of like, Try, again, the meta-ness of it. Maybe once they realize that, they're able to protect themselves because they remember how the kills happen in the first film. So they're like, let's not go to the garage because they're going to try to create the garage scene. Or maybe like, mm. I when I'm as soon as maybe the girl says, look behind you while on the couch, she goes, wait, that's a scene in the first one. And she's able to turn around. You know, there's nothing fun like that. It's just like, it's mm-hmm. the house. <laughs> it's like, yeah. This could take I place did, literally anywhere. I did enjoy the moment of her, the girl on the couch watching the stab movie with like the look behind you. And then in the stab movie, there's like mm-hmm. someone else saying that. And then there was like someone else saying that. I don't know. It was just like, I thought it was really funny. It made me laugh. I'm happy for you, Abby. <laughs> 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 audience you can't see it but abby just gave me the finger and rightfully so um other other okay so let's go backwards to the um the toxic fan thing this uh, Hmm. this this specifically i want to hear why it didn't work for you but for me it didn't work because the i agree and this is a larger conversation that i think the listener if you're interested you should google because people smarter than me are talking about it but this has become a big conversation in just entertainment and a lot of these, you know, big properties, which is fans being little whiny buttholes uh, who feel entitled. And then a lot of times, you know, are just are, are literally toxic in the sense that they are attacking actors or 
uh, filmmakers or creators, uh, and not physically, uh, but you know, through Twitter and stuff, just being very mean and malevolent and whiny and entitled. And I definitely think this is an issue, you know, even as someone who doesn't like the Star Wars films, it's never a, a re I never had a thought to be like, you know what, I'm going to like, I'm going to find the, the, the emails or tags on Twitter of these creators. And I'm going to go, Hey, you, you suck. And I hope you die and then i'm gonna make another account so i can say it again i'm gonna make another account so i can say it again like that thought's never crossed my mind um and, and so i don't have a problem with fans disliking things um but i sure. do think there definitely is an issue uh with geek stuff fandom becoming so popular that's awesome because it wasn't always the case again the fact that we have a ton of superhero movies now um is both wonderful and a problem because it's like, well, you know, as much as maybe we complain, there's too many. It's like back in the day, we didn't have any. And the, and the ones we did have were super cheesy and weren't good. And so I definitely love the fact that it's more mainstream now uh, that Marvel mm -hmm. is popular because it's, it's fun to connect with people uh, over something I've loved as opposed to like bringing it up and no one knowing what I'm talking about. It's like almost everyone knows Marvel and DC now. That's awesome. But because it's more mainstream and because of the internet and just blogs and, and Twitter and social media, it has resulted in everyone kind of being an expert and having an idea of how things should be. And if anything doesn't line up with that, people can be very vocal about that. And again, Star Wars fans have been called out for that specifically for just being uh, a really toxic fan base. And, mm -hmm. um, and so it, all I have to say, I think it's, interesting that this film tries to tackle that and basically pose its antagonists as you know toxic fans of, of uh the stab films to where the stab films have gone off the rails in their mind they are upset and so they are you know trying to to course correct but to me it again the film doesn't spend enough time on this and then two it feels very one-sided because it feels like the filmmakers are saying fuck you, anyone who has anything critical to say hmm. about these newer properties that are being remade, classic things that you love from your childhood, this film itself, because you're just being a toxic fan. And I think that the conversation isn't as simple as that because, again, there's nothing wrong with criticism. There's nothing wrong with film criticism. With with That's why, that's why we have this show. That's why we have Rotten Tomatoes, websites that review films there's nothing wrong with reviews or criticism and there's nothing wrong with fans feeling like something misses the mark there are plenty of examples of cash grabs where a studio says oh you like this property from whatever years ago well we own it so let's just remake it so we get money but then we're not going to actually like try very hard or put anyone on the creative team who has any stake in it and so you'll get stuff that is just like it feels like a money grab and you you mm -hmm. as a fan feel taken advantage of because you're like i am buying a ticket to see this thing but you guys don't even care you guys don't even care about the thing and this may just be money for you but for me this is the thing that like comforted me while my parents were away and i grew up lonely and i just had a tv and i watched these stories and these care and again i that's not my experience i'm just giving an example but it's not wrong to uh, 
love characters. It's not wrong to love storytelling. That's why we're fans of stuff because even all this stuff is made up and it's never an excuse to treat someone else like garbage. It's still stories matter to us as human beings. It's how we connect and we, we see ourselves in characters. And so all that to say, I think this idea of toxic fans is very interesting, but I felt like there could have been a, a much more meta conversation where it's not just one sided of if you don't like our movie or you don't like new things or you complain, you're a butthole. There could have been a very emotional conversation that they have with the killers. That's what hmm. I would have liked to see is like, seen why the stab films meant so much to them so much so that they decide to kill. And it doesn't mean that what they did is right, but it could have been really interesting and emotional. Um, and hmm. I don't feel like they did that. I'm so sorry. I've been talking for so long. I just had to go on that, that long journey. What did you think my friend about? all? No, that? I, I really appreciate all of that. Actually. Um, the, I am less immersed in the film world than you are. And while I'm aware that like toxic fans exist, it's not something that's really on my radar. Mm -hmm. um, and so that plot point in Scream didn't really mean anything to me. Gotcha. It was just, it happened and I was like, okay, I mean, you really like Stab. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so like it really didn't go deeper than that for me. But I think you're totally right. Like if it had had a meaningful conversation about toxic fans and we had seen a little bit more of the motivation from the killers that could have meant something to me mm. and it could have like led to good conversations and been thought provoking. Um, but it didn't happen. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> glad, to, yeah. glad, glad to, to get your opinion. And again, I think that's important to bring up and I appreciate that we are different in that way because everything mm. I'm saying doesn't apply to everyone. And so again, I think it's sure. awesome that a, you were able to enjoy the film and then B, uh, that your boyfriend was able to enjoy the film because it's like he, again, you said he came in not knowing anything. And so to me, that's amazing that someone who has not seen any of their oh, films yeah. could come in and enjoy the film. And so I, I think that's awesome. Uh, and so it just does go to show you that stories and film are subjective. And so while I may feel a certain way for very specific reasons, you could take those reasons and apply them to someone else and they might not feel the same. Or in, in the mm -hmm. case of what you're saying, you have a little bit of a different experience with some stuff and that does inform why you may or may not feel the same way. So um, as always, you know, these uh, reviews and these discussions are not a, um, a, a guideline to follow because it's like, you know, if yeah. you want to watch this movie or not. And, and if you happen to use what we say to, you know, determine what you do, that's totally fine. You know, that's the point is to share our opinions, but who knows why people like things? You know what I mean? As much as we can like oh, <laughs> dissect yeah. it, sometimes like, it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> the reasons that we like things are like probably honestly like so deep and personal that we couldn't even like really pinpoint them and just our lived experiences. And, you know, we're all different. Everyone likes something, even the worst movie so. out there. Like someone likes it. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe it's you. Go Aww. watch every movie. Audience, go watch every movie. Go watch every movie and then decide for yourself. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't really want to talk about this film much longer because, again, mm -hmm. I didn't really like it. You're but sick I feel, of it. 
I am. But I feel like for the sake of having a well-rounded review, there are Mm. two more things that we should discuss just for the sake of giving the film the full (laughs) night shift treatment. Um, So you start (laughs) off. What did you think about the... We briefly mentioned it, I think. What did you think about Billy Loomis turning Mm. out to be the protagonist's father and then the fact that he... Uh, appears throughout the film. I don't think he ever right. speaks. I think he's just kind of there. Maybe some head nods. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like he's. I feel like he spoke. Like spoke okay. to. Like he he is appearing as a vision to the yes. main character. Um, like it's it's interesting. I was uh like I had a conversation about that specifically, where it is a little bit of a nice touch for her to be dealing with her past and like this kind of traumatic thing to find out like your Mm -hmm. dad is a serial killer um and also like maybe having a little bit of a mental health situation where she is actually seeing visions of her deceased father yeah um like haunt her but that aspect not really playing a negative role in the film in any way like it wasn't saying anything negative about mental health it wasn't saying like she didn't do anything bad in the movie Mm -hmm. because of that or which i thought was was good yeah Um, agreed because yeah a lot of times films will take advantage of mental health situations and be like it's because of anxiety that's not what anxiety does yeah (laughs) um but anyway, I didn't feel like it added much other than, like, trying to make sense of the whole situation. It was like, how am I trying to say this? The fact that Billy was her father was just kind of convenient to, like, tie it up in a little bow, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like, and this is why this is all happening. But it wasn't actually meaningful. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It was just no, kind of I like, agree. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it didn't it didn't annoy it didn't annoy me. Um, like when it happened, I wasn't like, uh, like how I felt with the house. I had a much right. stronger reaction to the house where I just like, this is dumb. <laughs> Whereas here I was like, okay, because this is different. This is a new thing. And so I'm happy to see where you take me on this journey. But Yeah, it didn't. And I agree. I liked that they didn't portray mental health in a negative way. And honestly, it was a nice contrast to previous films where, you know, the the killers are people who probably have mental health issues and that's why they are killers. And so it was nice having a protagonist who is dealing with mental health, but is at the same time a decent person who is not going around murdering people, which is the normal case with people who struggle Mm -hmm. with mental health issues. Um, But yeah, it felt it felt very inconsequential. The VFX were amazing. It's like wow, like it's it's crazy that like we can just de-age people whenever we want to now. I thought it oh looked pretty gosh. good, um, but it also I felt like the film was making a weird statement where it's like at the end, it's like she sees his his ghost a little bit and he kind of like 
nods to the knife. And it was kind of like, hey, because you're the daughter of a serial killer, you too have the powers of a serial killer and you can kill people really well because of that. And so she goes ham on Jack Quaid, which I liked. I thought that was uh-huh. awesome as having her just stab the shit out of him. But I was like, no, just because your dad's a serial killer doesn't mean that you inherit serial killer ability. Yeah, that's not a, it's not a trait. It's not like, oh, you have blue eyes, so your kid might have blue eyes. Or you're tall, so your kid might be tall. It's like, oh, you're good at killing people. Your daughter might be pretty good at killing people. And it's like, and she only really killed one person. So I don't think you could argue that she's, like, good at it. Um, it's kind of like athleticism, you know? I guess. she. Yeah, yeah. it's like there's no particular <laughs> skills, really, that you can point to. Like, what skills are this serial killer good at? So I found that yeah. kind of goofy. It was, it was really... I, I agree. I think it was goofy that by the end of the film, um, Billy appearing was almost like he was helping. He was like showing her like, oh, look at the knife. And then like, it's all over. And I think that he appeared one more time as like, and now I'm just going to hang out with you because I'm your dad. Was like, <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> Let's go to prop. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah it, it, it really did feel like the film was trying to portray it. And like, oh, isn't this sweet? Her dad's helping her out. I'm like, her dad's an evil serial killer. <laughs> like, yeah, none of us like him. And I guess like it's like, you know, like he loves his daughter, so he'll help her out. But again, he's also not actually there. She's imagining him like he's not there. Like he's yeah, he's also it's not like the I ghost don't think- of her dad. They never met in real life either. Like, she just found out that he's her dad. And so there's no personal connection there either. So, you know what? The more I talk about it, the more I don't, I don't like it, the more stupid I start to feel about it. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and also the thing that didn't make sense, I feel like they're trying to maybe pay tribute to Scream, but they have this thing where Ghostface like wipes the blood off the knife. Um, like mm. where he like after he stabs someone he like puts it in between his glove and pulls it to like clean it she does the same thing and i'm like why <laughs> what what's wrong with the knife being bloody like it doesn't make it harder to stab someone when it's bloody honestly it probably makes it easier it's a little lubricated i don't i don't really get that but um the last thing was just specifically the involvement of um, Sydney and Gail at the end. They show up to the house, and that just felt really lame because it's like, oh, boom, 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 it's the house. And then they are, like, kind of not that helpful. Like, and there's a... There's it, did a, they do anything? Not really. There's remember. a moment where they show up, and then the girl who is one of the killers runs out, and she's screaming, and I like that moment, because they look oh, at each other, and they go, yeah. you think this is a trap? And they're like, probably. And I thought they were going to have a badass moment of then just like taking her out, but then she pulls out too. a gun, and she just immediately shoots Gail, and then I was like, oh, um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's kind of lame. Uh, again, we want to, as fans, yeah. I understand, like, you're having to deal with a fan base. And so it's not that what I want is needs to be what happens. But I just feel like th- there should be some self-awareness of, like, if you're trying to tell a satisfying story, it's like, do you think it's satisfying to have our legacy characters from four previous films show up very late into the movie and then immediately get shot by someone we've never seen before, really? It's like, that's not that cool. Like, and it just... It's not that it's like the worst thing ever, but when you're 
being paid thousands, if not millions of dollars to do something. It's like, is there not a better, more creative way? Maybe, perhaps? Yeah, it feels like an afterthought of like, they were making the movie and had a moment of, oh yeah, we still have these legacy characters. They should probably show up, mm-hmm. but we don't want to write them in. So we'll just like have them lying on the front porch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then they have like a kitchen fight, and it's just like again, it's very lame. They don't really do much, and it's like, oh, you you take her for Dewey, and I was like, oh, you guys remember Dewey? That's nice. And finally, uh, talking about him. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was pretty lame. Any anything else, Abby, um, that you want to talk about with uh, Scream Five? I don't think so. I think that um, I'm satisfied. I had fun talking about it, and I had fun watching it, and I might rewatch it. You can't stop me. You're crazy. Uh, <laughs> you're 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 nuts. You're bananas. Um, but uh, hey, if it makes you happy, it makes me happy. Um, so again, I am I am happy that you enjoyed the film. Uh, and I I mean I I had a good time watching it. As we talked about, I texted you right before um, it started. <laughs> I was in the theater all by myself on a cold rainyish day and it was really fun being alone in that theater watching scream having just watched all the other ones so i i oh, as yeah. much as i was kind of annoyed <laughs> by the movie I, I i still had a good time watching it and to be totally honest like i had almost the exact same experience i went with my boyfriend and it was on the night of a snowstorm so anyone else who had bought tickets didn't show up and so we had the mm. theater to ourselves and he hadn't seen the movie so we just talked and like I had moments of like, oh, and that's Sydney. She was the main girl in all the other movies and like just kind of filling in along the way. And I'm sure that that added to my experience because it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. And that again, yeah. that's what it's all about. You know, like that's <laughs> awesome. Like uh, not even being like ironic or silly. It's just like I love horror so much. And even though like this film didn't really do it for me, doing this Scream series was so fun because it wouldn't have happened uh without the night shift like i probably would have gotten to Mm. them eventually but the fact that um this helped kind of give us the kick in the pants to watch it uh and then be able to again come together and talk about it is so fun even though again i didn't like this movie i love talking about it with you so thanks for being my spooky buddy and i Again, I didn't really have this reverence for the Scream franchise before, and now I would I would actually call myself a fan, and I'm happy to have seen all of them. Uh, and again, like again, just have I have a blast talking about them, and I, I hope the I hope the listeners uh, feel the same. So, listeners, mm. it, it, you know, if you haven't already, let us know what you thought about this film. Uh, maybe your thoughts on the toxic fandom aspect of it, or. As I said in the beginning, if there's anything I got wrong, feel free to correct me. Uh, we can uh, tackle it in another episode. But Abby, I think you're amazing. You're you're a 10 out of 10 spooky buddy. Thanks for hopping on. And uh, I look forward to whatever we watch next. Thank you. And thanks again for asking me to do this. Because like you just said, I don't think I would have ever watched any of the Scream movies other than the first one. If we hadn't done this. And I do consider myself a fan. I would fight someone over Scream. I love it. <laughs> well, I think that's the best way to end this episode. We'd we'd fight someone <laughs> over over Scream. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, listeners, let's spend the night shift, and we'll uh, we'll see y'all later. Goodbye. Bye.